0: The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender at ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from, but still affiliated with, Acunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
1: Well, good morning and welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David Wickert, Chief Millennial Loan Consultant, along with Acunet Mortgage Senior Vice President, Senior Loan Consultant and Owner, Jerry Cercutich. you got three titles, Jerry. Holy cow. <laughs> I've been around that long. That's <laughs> yes, fine. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, if you have a question or comment, you can call or text us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That number is always 414 799 Jerry, good morning. Good morning, David. It's a big day for Acunet it's the Mortgage. the biggest day. Happy 20th birthday to Acunet Mortgage. The day is today. Stop. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer, Josh, has got birthday things. Beatles' birthday, too, so thank you for that. Uh, yes, twenty years ago today, as I understand, or as the story has been told to me, Brian got in his car. Who knows what he was driving in 1999? Mm-hmm. Drove to Madison and uh, filed the proper paperwork to create Accurate dot com LLC. Correct, because it was Correct. the 90s, and you had to have dot com in the name of your business. So,
2: yeah, and you and you looked it up, confirmed, Co- uh, triple and verified. confirmed.
1: Yes, July 28th. So, uh, happy birthday to. Acunet who knows what the next 20 years will bring I'll probably have some gray hair by the time we get to 40 so many or no hair at all yeah many more fed uh, rate cuts and increases (laughs) we will go through a lot so happy birthday to Acunet thanks to all of our team members uh, vendors and friends Uh, couldn't have done it without you so here's to another 20 all right and being full of wisdom from our 20 years of mortgage lending boy oh boy do we have stories from the Mm. front lines of real estate today so I uh, as we prepared for the show this morning Jerry and I were talking about well we don't want to just tell these stories to give people heartburn as if there's no moral to this story so we're gonna try as best we can to make sure that there's nuggets of wisdom that we can take away from all of these stories not just not just have rain clouds would, over all of lending we try to provide some solutions <laughs> or remedies for- indeed alright so this first story um, goes to I'm going to say the least loved contingency when anyone is trying to buy a house and that is the inspection contingency or I should say the one that doesn't get enough time I think to get resolved so uh, these are clients of mine actually who are buying a house on the south side older home and Mm. uh, as can be expected with an older home some things that have you know come up over the last hundred years or so (laughs) and so for these folks um, as it normally goes you get an inspection Uh, there are some i'm going to say material items that they want to take get taken care of and this goes to the right to cure so and kind of how you're when you're the buyer you aren't in control of that cure unless you negotiate to be kind of uh included in how things get fixed so for these folks had had an inspection um, had, uh, this was a basement issue actually, Boeing, okay. it's not called Boeing, it's called, uh, well, that the basement wall was protruding by an inch, which for a basement is enormous, I believe.
2: Yeah, and I have heard Boeing use, is it Boeing? You, okay. yeah, inspectors uh, will use is that it term.
1: Inflecting? No, reflect, something flecked. Anyway, so for these folks, they had attempted to... Negotiate via an amendment with the seller on hey, here are the things that we want to fix and and don 't forget that an amendment is uh, has to have both parties agree it, it is we have to come to consensus and both sign this amendment to the contract. Correct. they unfortunately were not able to get this amendment executed, and so these uh, buyers gave a notice of defect and a notice is a one-way communication it is informing I don't need your permission or acknowledgement here is this notice of defect yes and in reading their original contract for these folks unfortunately they now have been sitting and waiting for 10 days cuz the language in the right to cure portion notes that if you deliver written notice to the seller they have 10 days. The seller has 10 days to let you twist in the wind <laughs> on whether or not they're going to choose to fix the things you have outlined in your notice of defect. And that's a long time. 10 days? Yes, it is. So for so for these folks, the state of the art when you give a notice of defect I'm told is you just list absolutely everything on the uh inspection the- report. You don't just list, like, one or two things. You list, like, 13 things. In that notice. In that notice. Because you're trying to kind of make it, like, so overwhelming that the seller can't possibly fix all of these things. Ah, but there we get. Now we come to Brian's most favorite part of the traditional language in the WB-11 form, that if the seller does elect to fix, to cure all the items in your... um, uh, notice of defect. How do they have to fix those? They David? only have to fix that in a good and workmanlike manner.
0: Good mm. and workmanlike.
1: What is the definition of good and workmanlike? Something you or I could yeah, not bang exactly. out. I think between Jerry and I, we could be, we could do workmanlike things. Right. Um, it, the point is, it's very vague. Indeed. It, and so, uh, for these folks, we've um, had to continue to proceed to process their mortgage as if. Cause we're kind of in this zombie phase where we're thinking that the seller, did I mention that the seller's dad owns a construction company? Mm. So like there's this like possibility that maybe the sellers will fix all 13 things in the notice of defect, which to me sounds like a TV show, like the amount of work they'd have to get done to fix those 13 yes. things in a limited amount of time. But we've unfortunately had to continue to work to help these folks be ready in case the seller um, does elect to cure these correct. items, correct. Yep. And you know, in a real life way, these folks don't want to buy this house anymore. There's kind of too much that's wrong. They got a bad taste in their mouth too from the negotiation on the inspection items. Okay. Um, and, and so, for anyone who is out there writing contracts for a house, the this the it is unlikely that you are going to get the right to cure as a buyer. Because sellers don't have to give that up because there's likely multiple offers and people who will give the seller that right to cure. But attempting to try to negotiate maybe a higher standard on the language of getting things fixed, not just good and workmanlike, mm-hmm. but how's about some licensed contractors and somebody who's not related to you? You know what, and we I think we've got a we're up on a break oh, yeah. up
2: against a break here, but maybe we touch on that coming out of the break and maybe some of the other strategies
1: for writing a a good, strong offer. Indeed. All right, you're listening to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty
0: Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
1: Or at least this morning, the younger, more handsome David Wickard. You're listening to the <laughs> Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, uh, hanging out here uh, with my good friend and co-worker, Jerry Serkutich. Yes, so cele- beer. Oh, the best. Celebrating 20 years um, here at Acunet Mortgage. So talking about a little wonky on the uh, cu- no, um, curing defects in a home, but this goes to uh, the very real rock in a hard place when you're a buyer and you there's limited inventory, and that still remains the case. Okay, so, and other people probably want to buy the same house you're looking at. If it's a house worth buying, there's probably going to be multiple offers. Okay, yes. how do you properly balance n- not wanting to be totally naked on fixing things in the house with also, you know, paying a reasonable price for the house? And right. winning, I should say.
2: Right, because I think when most people think about writing an offer and the negotiation back and forth, most people, I think, are focused on price. For sure. You know, what should should I offer, you know, how far below the list price, that kind of thing, or above in this environment. So I think that's what most people think about, but there are then these these other elements of the offer that are really important to both a buyer and a seller.
1: Well, and so you made the point that uh, trying to get that right to cure, you know, hey, what can you offer to offset that thing that you really want? Your example was, well, pay more.
2: Right. Maybe increase the dollar amount you're willing to offer for that home in order to get some of these other elements that that are are important to you. Maybe it is right to cure. Maybe it's the appraisal contingency or so on.
1: Well, and it just occurred to me, maybe you could be fancy enough where you could say, um, you know, hey, uh, I'll offer you, uh, let's make up a number. I'll pay $200,000 for your house. You can have the right to cure. If I get the right to cure, I'll pay you two hundred five. Well,
2: correct, because the right to cure is an example. The, the seller wants the right to cure. The buyer would rather not let the seller have the right to cure. So it's because right,
1: it, the buyer is the one who has to live in the house eventually when they... Correct.
2: Close. And then in the other you know, appraisal contingency, sellers can get a little bit weary of that, yeah. especially in an environment, low inventory we were just talking about as well. You're still seeing a lot of uh, competing offers when mm-hmm. we have we have a lot of rock solid pre-approved buyers out there struggling to find the right home, and when right. they do, you know, because they're rare, there are normally competing offers. Right. And so, you know, appraisal contingency is important because in some of these cases, in many, we're seeing accepted offer prices above list price. Correct. And so, what's a concern there is, boy, is this going to appraise? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so, the appraisal contingency, the that language basically says that if the property doesn't appraise at or above the accepted offer price, the buyer has the right to...
1: Spike the deal.
2: Correct. Correct. So there are some strategies that we've talked about in this show uh, in order to try to help mitigate that concern for a seller.
1: Right. Maybe you write, uh, so long as it appraises at 98% of our agreed-upon price, I promise I won't spike the deal.
2: Correct. Just like inspection, we talked about, um, we've seen written in that oh, yeah. the buyer is buyer may be willing to pay the first two thousand dollars of repairs needed as a result of the home inspection
1: yeah that just that just puts a seller at ease I think right that, that you're not
2: maybe gonna nickel and dime them for those little those few little right, things maybe so, you
1: pick two things because again you're the buyer to communicate like I want I'm gonna be living in this house I'd like this done the way that I like and if you have the money and the means I'm willing to right. pay the first, like you said, and it $2, covers $2, those
2: those small items. I think what most buyers are going to be concerned about are foundation, roof, roof, you know, major mechanicals, things that are you're talking about thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, right?
1: And affects the kind of the material uh, value of the home. All right, right, we're coming up on another break here, but uh, I have another story on okay. that appraisal contingency. Uh, that we're going to get to before the bottom of the hour. Uh, In the meantime, you are listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620
0: WTMJ. Don't just find a house, find your home. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Ryan Wickert on WTMJ.
1: I appreciate the Allman Brothers. Thank you for that. Always good (laughs) tunes coming in and out of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty (laughs) Show. Uh, you're listening uh, to that lovely show my name's david that's Jerry over there Hello. and uh, we're getting wonky on uh, uh, contractual contingencies uh protecting yourself as you're trying to buy a house covered inspection and defects and all that jazz this is a story about appraisal um, because for folks buying a house you know when you're getting a mortgage nine times out of ten the appraisal contingency is to possibly protect yourself from overpaying for uh, property. It's that independent valuation. So uh, this is actually uh, someone that uh, Tim Holdman, also a host of the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show, uh, is working with. They're buying a lake house. Let's make it easy. They're buying a house under contract for $450. And uh, we were running up against the appraisal contingency and financing contingency this Wednesday. Didn't have the appraisal report back yet. So it got extended out to Friday thankfully. Okay. Parties wanted to work together to kind of keep it together. And buying it for 450, appraisal comes in at 440. Mm. And so and so thus begins kind of that game of chicken. Who, yes. who's going to blink first? Because now the buyer has independent proof that well, the house really isn't worth 450 compared to other sales, it's worth 440. So the buyer, do they just say, ah, whatever? I'll just bring the extra money because I want the house. Mm. Not not the appetite that they had. And in fact, you, uh, the listing agent mm-hmm. was giving a call to Tim. Yes, the listing agent saying like, hey, can I get you some, you know, other comparable recent sales to prove that this house actually is worth the four fifty, not the ten thousand dollars light which is have you had that happen before listing agents i mean oh, they yes want to yes i mean out. it
2: can't cuz it, ultimately it's like we're just talking here i mean it's a negotiation and uh, the appraisal too in, is an opinion of value right you know so it, it it is an appraiser's opinion based on their interpretation of the recent sales right. that have occurred and how they interpret uh, the data of those sales as compared to the subject uh, property
1: the home that that we're
2: trying to finance so yeah, i have seen it
1: yeah and so this um so the contingency was going to uh expire we'll say on friday and the buyer kind of they were more intractable than the seller cuz they just i, I think like second home you know they're not r- like really in love with it like they'd like the house but they're not dying over this thing and right. so funny enough on a seller even in this market the tables are kind of turned it's it's like well you can either sell me your house and you know clear the whatever you're going to get from this, or you can start over. Right. Agree. In other words, agree to
2: lower your purchase price, the offer price, right. to the appraised to match value. the appraised value.
1: Yeah. If the buyer's not willing to pay more, and it's and so uh, for these, I texted Tim this morning for an update, and the sellers indeed came down. Agreed. For, yeah. Agreed to come down to the appraised value, um, even in this you know hotter uh, seller's market, which I, guess I get it. You burden the hand. Correct. I mean, that's it's a sure thing. Yeah. Uh, and so just a good, you know, that appraisal contingency is kind of that second stop. Uh, it's second base. It's that second bus stop to getting to the closing table. And, uh, you know, they could have met in the middle, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be an all or nothing uh, negotiation.
2: Correct. And depending, though, what, what a lot of people and we get the question a lot. Well, what happens if the house does appraise low? Mm-hmm. It you know in a case like this, it would. Well, it depends. If somebody if this buyer mm-hmm. had a thirty pay- percent or forty percent down payment, it, it would it, they could maintain the same loan amount they applied for right. and 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 move on without. Without anything changing. Okay. On the other hand, if somebody had a ten percent, fifteen percent down payment, it would require them to come to the closing table with more money than they were originally planning to in right. order to maintain the same terms that they had applied for. If the seller wouldn't budge. If the seller wouldn't budge, yeah. they would either their mortgage insurance uh, premium could uh, increase.
1: Right. Uh, they, well, and as you said, cash out of pocket. You know that was correct. Imagine if this was ten thousand dollars that they were planning to use to redo the bathroom as soon as they moved in. You know, that's money that you yes. instead need to use to actually acquire the house.
2: Right. Yeah, it's, it, it does make for an uncomfortable negotiation in many cases. Correct. Uh, unless you do have Because uh, it's real dollars. That's, that's right. All good.
0: Helping you find a place to call home, this is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
1: Uh, Foo Fighters again? We're batting (laughs) 1,000 on these comeback tunes. Thank you for that. Everlong? All right, anyway. So you're listening to the Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David. That's Jerry. Thanks for joining (laughs) us this morning. Uh, We're going to give you a little economic uh, roundup now. Big week ahead for... Kind of the world economy and just the U.S. economy, Jerry. What's the? Oh yeah, up? yeah,
2: and and, um, it, and
1: actually, should we touch on this? Oh yeah, uh, Sorry. you know what? We've got a text uh, question. So the text is: Do you have to withhold tax and insurance to get a loan from Acunet Mortgage, Jerome? Well, the answer really is it depends, and and it could be your Very choice. Very lawyerly answer you have. Correct. There. It depends.
2: Uh, you know, it, typically when you invest, uh, either well, let me put it this way: because whether you're buying or refinancing mm-hmm. a home. If you have less than 20% equity, an escrow account, which would mean with you know, withholding the, or the, the servicer Contributing. Yeah, withholding that money in that tax escrow account, mm-hmm. tax and insurance escrow account, for payment of those. Uh, and that is required if until or unless you have 20% equity. At that point, then it's your choice. Yes. Uh, you can still uh, choose to have an escrow account. So the tax and insurance uh, funds are set aside for you with yep. each monthly payment. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like that. I like it, because uh,
1: at Christmas time, you don't have to be like, oh, man, where's my property tax money?
2: Correct, because if you choose not to have an escrow account, yeah. you need to be sure that you are setting that money aside in some manner, set up an auto withdrawal into a, a separate savings account, something along those lines, yeah. so you don't get that unwelcome surprise. And you open up that uh, tax bill in December.
1: So that's yeah, it, and also on a on any government loan, VA, FHA, or USDA, you are required, categorically required, to escrow for your taxes and insurance, regardless of equity. Regardless, business.
2: that's yes. a good point. Yeah. So, so what I was referring to are conventional conforming loans that are being bought by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac.
1: Indeed. So there you go.
2: All right. So now. Anyway. So
1: economic news.
2: Yeah. So let's get into economic news. It was a. Uh, it was a bit. You know, it, just like last week, it had some relatively big items reported, but didn't result in much reaction in the way of uh, mortgage rates moving up or down. As a matter of fact, the Freddie Mac weekly surveyed rate, which we look at each week, that's reported on on Thursday of each week. Last week, when I was here, we reported that that rate, the 30-year fixed rate, increased by six-tenths of a point. Hmm. This week, it Dropped by six tenths of a point so it's, kind it's of not material exactly point we 're talking about point zero six percent so it's almost <laughs> not, not worth talking about. Yeah. however, the headlines it 's amazing when you read the headline you know mortgage rates are higher mortgage rates you know move lower that 's not
1: incorrect it's, it's not yeah it 's just not really correct
2: correct yes <laughs> i would, now that so in the end, mortgage rates were little changed even in the even in light of the fact that we had a GDP number which is a, something that uh, is generally a big market mover, for sure, as, as it relates to stocks, mortgage rates, yep. and and the like. The GDP, the second quarter GDP, uh, came in at 2.1, showing a growth rate of 2.1 percent, which is by and large a, a very respectable uh, number. Healthy, however, it's down from last quarter first quarter's a number which was 3.1 percent. Oh, so still relatively strong, but but down a bit. And again, could be one of the reasons that the Fed is more than likely to uh, lower rates here at their meeting uh, the on futures Wednesday.
1: market. Yeah, so on Wednesday the Fed is meeting, and at is it one p.m. Central? Yes, so they're going to release their uh, embargoed memo to the public. And, and what does and the Chicago
2: Mercantile uh, Exchange uh,
1: basically? Eighty percent of the futures contracts think that they're going to cut rates by a quarter,
2: and the other twenty don't believe they're not going to cut right
1: (laughs) right yeah they're they think they're going to cut by a half
2: correct so it's a hundred one hundred percent of those something yeah exactly and so so that the gdp was was a big number that uh, economists were watching uh the the other was a national association of realtors report on existing home sales and that latest report showed that in june uh, those numbers were in line with expectation which is always good that's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's ultimately what what we're looking for is it, it, when when Certainty. numbers miss expectation, that's generally good news for mortgage rates because right. that shows the economy may be softening a bit. When they exceed expectation, that's generally bad news because as we talk, good news for the economy generally means bad news for rates. Indeed, And so that, that was... Uh, now, I will say that uh, the Realtors Association indicated that uh, the lack of lower-priced homes on the market was a major obstacle for that number why it wasn't as as high as it it otherwise could have been for sure the bottom line is inventory still still really very low
1: nationwide and here and we and we can relate to that because
2: we you know we've got a lot of buyers out there shopping for homes with a rock-solid you know pre-approval in their hands and they're still competitive correct struggling to find find the right home and then when they do Right a good
1: contract like we talked about earlier. That's right. So
2: so we got we touch on a little bit more here when we come back. Are we yeah, ready for a b- break here?
1: All good, yes. In the meantime, you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM six twenty WTMJ.
0: Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
1: Jerry, I'm going to go down and see the Thunderbirds later this uh, afternoon. Excited for that. Yes, I'm planning on doing that too. I, was, I went last year,
2: and uh, it, it's quite a show. And those Thunderbirds, Whew. amazing.
1: How close they fly together just just blows my mind. So. Yes, yeah. All no, right. that's a, it's a great day for that. All good. All right. Well, you, uh, everybody, you've been listening to the Acuna Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David. That's Jerry. We're hanging out talking about uh, news and market movers c- coming up this week. Right,
2: economic news that that impacts interest rates. That's what most of our listeners here are interested in. And so we, we've already talked a little about the GDP number along with the existing home sales. The final item that that kind of came out last week that could have had an impact, and, and actually did, was a report from the European Central Bank, the ECB, whose president's name is Mario Draghi. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, The ECB ultimately indicated that there is more monetary easing to come over in Europe, hmm. which is...
1: To try to keep their economy humming.
2: Correct, because they're seeing slowdown, similar to what we're seeing here to some degree. And, and really, in large part, I think a lot of what our uh, economy is reacting to is the global, sure. more of a global slowdown. Not just Europe, but I think you're know, seeing it in Asia, China. Japan. So, um, so yeah, that so they did indicate... Just like our Fed is going to be cutting, the likelihood is that the ECB, the European Central Bank, will do the same for them. However, then Draghi did say that there was some dissent, or that the, the members of the ECB were divided oh. in that thinking, which caused there to be a little bit of pullback. We saw this on uh, you know last week. Yep. In in that there was some upward pressure applied to our long term rates. Because of the fact that there was that division, and I, I think in the end the ECB will cut, mm-hmm. like they, like, like they've indicated they will. But anytime there's not consensus, um, it there, there leaves open that uncertainty, and that what do markets hate? Uncertainty, indeed. And so so that was that was the last thing. Now you know we're we're looking ahead to this week, uh, Wednesday the thirty first. Mm-hmm. We just talked about the Fed is meeting, and they are one hundred with one hundred percent certainty expected to cut rates at least a quarter point right and so i guess david what what do you think should people be waiting until uh, one o'clock or uh, after one o'clock yeah, 105 to to on wednesday to lock in a rate or no. to you
1: know? i just a, a bird in the hand to to be able to get a mortgage with a three handle uh is it's already baked into the cake well right they, they, they've telegraphed all the expectations they have at least for wednesday but also for even the rest of the year right and i and i we, get, re- we do it, get this question it,
2: we do, and it 's reasonable, I think, for the average person to think, "Well, why, yeah, I should wait because the Fed is going to cut rates at least a quarter, maybe a half a point mm-hmm. on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and it thinking that a mortgage rate's going to drop a quarter yeah. when the Fed does that, and that 's just not the case and and so it's important to help people and educate them as to the fact that yeah that it's not a direct they're not moving the mortgage rate correct it does it influence uh, mortgage rates and others indeed uh but but as it relates to the long term fixed mortgage rates it they're forward looking enough to where when when there's a 100% certainty that yeah. the fed is going to cut they've already they've already
1: moved the market has yeah baked it in
2: and so the risk really becomes the fed shocked the world and didn't cut on wednesday we would see rates uh, snap back, snap back pretty quickly. I mean, not unreasonable to think they could jump up a quarter mm-hmm. on that news. But then further, even if they follow through as they're expected to do, the other risk remains in their written statement and the comments that Fed Chair uh, Jerome Powell will make following the meeting Correct on their economic, on their outlook of the economy on going their additional forward. On additional forward-looking statements. Correct. Yeah. So is there, you know, are, do they foresee... The possibility of yet another cut, which most economists and a and, cut or not, uh, which
1: will influence rates, right?
2: And what do what we say uh, in the September it's September over 50%. meeting? Over fifty yeah. percent already expecting another quarter cut there. So, so if there's anything said or or read to come out of that meeting, to counter that thinking,
1: it's not going to go well that's for gonna, mortgage rates, right? That's going to
2: put a little bit more upward pressure on rates too. And again, it may not mean rates jump up a quarter point. But it could mean that rate you're looking at the costs go up four or five hundred dollars. Well,
1: and I think as you said, it always gets worse faster than it gets better.
2: Correct. Yeah, we we talked about credit score. Uh, that's a good example. Right. I mean, we we see folks that have had a stellar credit history all their lives and wind up with a medical collection or something they weren't aware of. Yep. We access their credit, their scores. 100, I mean, it, this is not an exaggeration. It could be 100 points lower yep. just for that one blemish. And so you know, we talked about the fact that it it moves like that. I mean, your score drops as soon as that gets reported. Right, now, someone can pay that collection off and keep their nose, their credit nose clean, so to speak. Yep. And it may take several months or more yep. to recover all those lost points. So it's an example of, you know, same with rates. They're, they're going to be much slower to, to continue to inch downward right. than they may snap, snap back. Snap
1: back the other way. That's right. So take the bird in the hand. If we can help you uh, pay less to live in the same house or maybe increase your cash flow on a monthly interest basis.
2: Rates, interest rates right now, about three-quarters of a point below the levels they were the end of last year that's, in
1: the paying, last that's six. paying less to live in the same house that's Correct. pretty good all right we're gonna come up on our last break here you've been listening to the acunet mortgage and realty show on am620
0: wtmj don't break the bank to get into a house back to the acunet mortgage and realty show with brian Wickard on wtmj
1: I'm David. That's Jerry. You are listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show here on the 20th birthday of Acunet Mortgage, LLC. Congrats, Dad, on 20 years. 20 more to go and probably a lot longer than that.
2: Yes. All good.
1: Um, So just wanted to wrap up with a quick rate roundup. So at the close of business on Friday, Acunet could offer 3.99% on a 30-year fixed. APR's 4.03. That's with 25% equity and all the other right stuff. Uh, including uh, g- good credit escrowing for your taxes and um, uh, a single family home. So like not a con, not a condo, for example. Correct. And just that's a no points. That's rate, a no correct. Points. Yeah, that's just with uh, eight hundred dollars in cost. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Uh, and I think Jerry, as you noted, that's down quite a bit from I-, I I've had past customers call being like, hey, you know, can I um, you know, lower my payment? And I look back, it's like, yeah, we helped you buy a house in November, and holy cow, yeah, we can. Help you lower your monthly cash flow, so it's right. The know, 30
2: thirty-year fixed rate uh, back in December 2018 uh, was averaging around four point six percent, and that would have been that was a, a Freddie uh, Mac rate, which generally comes with about a half a point, correct? Six tenths of a point that yeah. you have to pay to get that rate.
1: And so, you know, what we've been doing both with. Acunet past customers, but also uh, radio listeners and referrals and friends, is we can do the quick analysis of, you know, is there a benefit? Because, you know, what influences that is, well, what your current rate is, but also what is the balance of your loan? You know, uh, the bigger loan size uh, only requires a smaller movement in rate to have quite an impact.
2: That's right. And what's your time horizon? For sure.
1: For being in this loan or that particular home? and the other thing that has come up as well is what might your home have appreciated uh since hey we helped you buy your house last year you know have you had any neighbors recently sell for like holy cow they sold their house for what down the right cuz
2: they may have purchased with 15% down yeah
1: imagine if we could get you to 20% yeah
2: correct that mortgage insurance goes away cuz we actually had a text question oh which, yeah oh, sorry uh, I missed that yeah which which asked the question about a half a point half a percent move in interest rate and whether or not that was enough to where he should refinance and ultimately like david said it it takes a five to ten minute mortgage checkup to really determine that Uh, because on a half a point on a lower loan size where the monthly payment reduction isn't going to be that great if your costs are are high enough it, it it probably wouldn't make sense on some larger loan sizes where the cost may be minimal you may not. You may only need a quarter to three eighths of a point rate reduction to True. to translate to some real, real meaningful savings.
1: I had a phone call conversation this week with someone who's buying a house, and we were doing that analysis on a nice go to meeting. Or he was looking at my screen. The difference between hey, if you got this lower rate with this cost, or this eighth difference in rate for less cost, you know, how long would it take you to mm-hmm. make that money back? And I, I enjoyed twenty seven year old guy. I said, it's going to take you six years. You can call me uh, when you're 33 around Labor Day. And then and only then can you call me and say, David, I'm finally saving that 20 bucks a month from that mortgage you helped me out with six years ago. We do that analysis all the time. And in a, I'm going to call it a real person analysis, it's not so much the numbers, it's the, when does this become worth it? And that applies to refinancers as well. It's like, totally. if you're going to die in this house, okay, let's do that analysis. But if you tell me, well, I think we're going to escape to Arizona in the next five years, that informs our advice as That's well. That's right.
2: You want to lower than those acquisition costs or closing costs as they're referred to. Yeah. But yeah, this that analysis we do every day, Oof, all day. Multiple times uh, a day. We use meeting whenever we can. Yep. Like David said, we can share our screen. Uh, with those that we're talking with, really a, a a useful tool. It's it's great to talk through numbers, but when one has that visual, can see the numbers we're talking through, it's it's so much more meaningful. Well, we're
1: numbers guys, and we still like looking at numbers, not just talking about them. No,
2: so. no question. And 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 it, to the point you just uh, referred to of the the six year, uh, yeah, just kind of like a payback point. window. Yeah, right. It, that's critical because I think most most of us. Including you or I, we generally would gravitate, people gravitate toward the lowest rate, mm-hmm. lowest payment. Yeah. Right? Isn't that why of course. don't I want the lowest rate and lowest right. payment? Right. But at well, what cost? Exactly. Until you see the alternative and you really find how much that's costing, what it how long it might take to recoup when your eyes really open to right. the fact that maybe it, maybe the lowest rate, lowest payment in this scenario isn't my best execution. All good.
1: All right, Jerry, we're out of minutes, but uh, I appreciate you stopping in, yeah. co-hosting with me. It was great. It goes so fast. Indeed. Uh, you've been listening uh, to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. If you'd like to get started on your uh, checkup on a, a refinance or a rock-solid pre-approval to buy, all you got to do is click on the blue button at acunet.com. Uh, we'll see you same time
0: next week. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the AcuNet Mortgage and Realty show are solely that of the hosts or guests of AcuNet Mortgage and AcuNet Realty Advisors, and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee LLC.